Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of Hotline League. Boy, is it a special one for you guys tonight, because guess what? We're airing this on a Sunday. Tomorrow, we've got another episode. Episode 25 will air. That's a special feature week. We're waiting for MSI to start, but there's already been some movements. We're going to be talking to the head of Golden Guardians this week about the changes that he's seeing in his organization, some of the broader strategy there. Sure, you guys have a lot of questions for him, uh, and we'll be talking about all sorts of other stuff, too. I don't know what yet, because you guys haven't called in, but we'll find out shortly. Here we go. Hotline League is brought to you by Omen by HP. All right. Somebody was typing over the start of this, and uh, I think it was probably Mark. Never. Mark, was, was that it you? me? All right. I was adding some ambiance. I'm sorry it didn't play well. Yeah, it it's had okay. a rhythmic quality. Yeah, like the oh, oh, brought to you by Omen by HP, and there's a keyboard sound. That's actually part of it. You know, it's like yeah. the act of using a computer. So, uh, sorry for everyone who's watching the VOD and expected a professional start to the show. I always try to give that, but uh, Mark had other plans today. Mark, well, Mark, what's funny is usually I mute myself so I can't mess it up. And then yeah. I was like in my own head, like, I'm not going to mess it up. <laughs> and then I started typing to Emily. I Boy. Think. All right. Well, Mark uh, is my constant co-host. He's already introduced himself, but I'll let him do it a little bit more. Uh, Mark, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing real good. I wasn't really thinking about it, but like you said, this is on a Sunday. So does that mean I get to bill you double for this week? Next up, we have our guest, uh, Hunter Lee from Golden Guardians on the show today. Hunter, how's it going? Uh, good. You know, uh, it's going to be a fun night. <laughs> how, how, so how we'll get into this in a second, but you, are you a little nervous for tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would describe myself as, as sad, uh, anxious and, uh, and nervous. All right. I, I, uh, I describe myself as excited, confused and startled. Uh, that's, that's, but that's my <laughs> natural state actually. So that's how I am all the time. I'm like a bunny rabbit ready to just dart out of the room. Yeah. I've switched to regular glasses now because Mark is wearing two. So I feel like he's covering both of us. <laughs> Well, you got a new camera and it looks really nice. And so I'm just trying to find some way to keep up. And I thought the double glasses was a good move. Yeah, that's it is a unique. It's a differentiator. You know, I've got the good camera. You've got the two uh, glasses. I, I don't know. Uh, no, it's a little bit of chitter chatter before the start of the show. Mark, what did you do this past week? Um, nothing. Really? I mean, I'm, <laughs> I've been telling you, right? Like I've just I've been going to like meetings almost every day about like different opportunities because i want to find something that i, I want to commit like a little bit more long term to than just like consulting i guess i would say so i'm uh, i'm exploring those. oh you are looking for like a full-time gig are these like not, job jobs no i mean what's a job in esports really well i guess what i would say is it is it enough of a thing that you wouldn't be doing some of what you were doing before an, ex, an exclusivity type arrangement no, I don't think it would be like well, I would be exclusive due to my time commitments, but I don't think. OK, basically just trying to find a, a place to make content that I'm going to enjoy and people are going to enjoy and beyond just doing it on my own. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm rapidly fixing the alert noises for the donation and and subscriptions and everything. So sorry. Sorry for the uh, noise around all that. Uh, Mark. Or, all right. So, Mark, you just like you're just taking meetings and stuff because you you don't have anything going on with offline, right? It's not using you for a while. So you just, it's just nothing. It's, this is the only thing you've got. Right. And I mean, like I'm setting up a little bit for the future. I mean, MSI is coming up and there's no way if I have this much free time, I'm not going to be doing content for that. So yeah. have some stuff planned, maybe bring some stuff back. Who knows 
which of my old shows will be coming back. Yeah. Well, mm, that's exciting. Excited mm-hmm. to uh, excited to see Hunter. How are you doing? I know you've had you know a hectic week from work, but uh, you were talking a little bit about there's a new Slay the Spire character that came out. Slay the Spire. We, there we is. both play. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. What? Yeah. You Wait, have the, to uh, opt into the beta, which I had to figure out how to do, and it's oh, not shit, super dude. intuitive. And uh, but you need to be careful because it resets your progress. You got to redo all the unlocks and stuff. But Travis, I'll be right back. Oh, yeah, I worry. You, we should not have talked about this. Now Mark knows about this. So the entire show, he's just going to be playing Slay the Spire. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I got into Slay the Spire two weeks ago during Kelby's birthday, and they have really have really enjoyed it. And uh, the new third character is very different. Um, yeah. But uh, but fun so far. I'm not I'm not very good yet. I hear yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's confusing. Change. For me, I got uh, new glasses. This is one of my pairs of new glasses. This is another pair of my new glasses. Um, that was the exciting thing for me. Also, Boba Cola uh, using trickery. Apparently, if you know somebody's Amazon wish list, you can send them stuff that isn't on the Amazon wish list. Sent me something called a cam link, which is now allowing me to use my uh, mirrorless Sony camera as a webcam. So no more launch tech uh, camera. Now I've got this thing. So. Uh, Mark has to compete by wearing two sunglasses. Send him another one, and then he'll give it to me. <laughs> it's still <laughs> like you camera. said. It's, yeah, yeah. All right. Well worth it. Well, either way, uh, we've got that going. So, uh, Hunter, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and your background? Because I know you've done content with me in the past, and we've done some videos, but I'm sure that we have a little bit of a different audience uh, tonight who might not be familiar with your esports sure. story. Sure. So circling back, um, uh, I got into esports uh, six, seven years ago. TSM moved from their team house in New York to their team house in in San Francisco, um, and I was in the the tech and gaming space up here. And I just kind of reached out and and asked if there was anything I could do, volunteer. You know, I was in kind of the tech space, so maybe website stuff. I don't know. And I ended up writing a. Um, a uh, tribunal kind of joke slash analysis blog for them. Um, and that combined with my my kind of web experience um, uh, made me a really good candidate for when GameSpot, where Travis and, and Slasher were, was kind of expanding esports to, to spin off its own site. So I, I joined and was product and operations manager for GameSpot for uh, a year and a half or two years or however long we were there, mostly with under the on gamers umbrella, um, ill-fated and, and, um, and forgotten at this point, hopefully. Um, and then I took a job at Riot. Um, I moved down, sorry, I moved down to LA and uh, was at Riot for a little under two years, um, working as sort of running the LCS's product lead um, during um, mostly the transition to BO3s. That was kind of my big project at Riot, but the 2016 Worlds in um, in Europe and uh, overseeing kind of League Ops and a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Um, Helping to make the broadcast go and those kind of things. 20, 2015 um, left, worlds in Europe. 2015 worlds, yeah, in in EU. Um, a fun worlds to work for sure. Um, and then uh, I left that to come back home, and I joined uh, running. I, was, I forget my title, head of head of business development or something for for Yahoo Esports, and worked alongside Travis again. And we were there as long as Yahoo Esports existed, which was about a year for me. I think I was there for about a year, and then the Verizon acquisition ended up um, closing that, and then. I have now been at uh, uh, Golden Guardians or the Golden State Warriors for about seven months, all of all of its existence, I guess, since mid-October when we got word that this was a thing until now. Um, and it's been quite a ride. So two stints on the media side now. So depending on how you count the TSM thing, maybe 1.1 stints on the on the team side and then um, uh, some time at Riot also. So I've been I've been all over the industry. 
Yeah. You were the reason why best of threes happened in, to some extent, or it happened underneath your tenure. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly not the only, the only reason, but it was, it was a lot of, a lot of work. I kind of led a lot of the transitional efforts and the initial internal rallying to try to help make that happen. And, uh, uh, you know, the building out of the second studio and the rallying of labor and a lot of, a lot of that kind of stuff. That was, that was a lot of fun, a lot of work, a lot of fun. Uh, so you've announced some, uh, changes recently to golden guardians. Uh, do you want to discuss sort of what, what was announced this week? Yeah. So I'll do it in sort of two forms. One, I think like, um, you know, the announcement was I, I made, we kind of announced in a video and then I went and did a bunch of um, interviews Wednesday and one of those did not um, go super well and it blew up on Reddit. And so, you know, um, and so that's some of why, why we're here, but we've, we've announced kind of a, a bunch of changes that, um, that I can talk about. Um, the, the big one that I think a lot of people are focusing on um, is that, uh, that we have uh, moved on from high at mid and brought in Mickey from Team Liquid Academy um, to be our new mid laner at the LCS level. Um, in addition to that, um, uh, you know, which I think that's that's been the thing that there's been a lot of conversation about um, and we can circle back to that in a second. Um, uh, Tyler Perrin, who stepped in as our interim coach halfway through the split or a third of the way through the split. Um, he did a fantastic job. And so we um, kind of gave him the the head coach title permanently and extended him through next year. And we're really excited about everything he's going to do. Um, and uh, we brought Expecial, who was kind of a player coach at the academy level up. And so he's a full-time coach at the LCS level, assistant coach for Tyler, kind of pro player perspective, strategic mind, and then going to focus a lot on bottom lane development and bottom lane kind of positional coach. Um, and then we made big upgrades at the academy tier. Expecial moved up, so that freed up a spot. We let two players go, uh, Jenkins in the top lane, Jurassic at carry and so we brought in three players each who've had a um a spell at the lcs and are kind of looking to prove that they're ready to get back there zig most recently at optic uh benji who was lod before at 80 carry um and sheep at support and so um all of that you know and i think this is some of what was lost all of that was to support kind of a take some risks um push our guys uh support the kind of development of uh, of our young players and and hopefully have a stronger summer split and beyond yeah uh, now, uh, Mark, feel free to hop in, hop in whenever you want. But I think uh, one of the no, one of the things yeah. that precipitated this uh, you're, you being on the show this week was you reached out to me about the idea of doing of coming on Hotline League. We already had Parthon, but uh, this was sort of following the events of an interview that came out with Blitz that was received uh, with heavy criticism from the community. Do you want to sort of give? Uh, your take on that, because I think people felt as though and the majority of the frustration that I saw one is it seemed as though people were frustrated generally with Golden Guardians and sort of what they perceived to be like a lackluster roster and, and a, maybe a non-competitive team in the LCS, uh, but also a move that removed a popular player and one where you had sort of uh, said in, in a variety of, of different ways, never so outright that uh, you removed high basically because he was not a very good mid laner anymore. Um, so I don't know if you want to, you have not really said too much. I don't know if you've tweeted anything since that interview came out, but I'm curious if you have anything before we start getting into inter, to the callers where I'm sure they'll, they'll talk and sort of share their take on that as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so 
I think uh, we're really excited about this kind of suite of changes and the way you know we went into this the spring split, really focusing on the development of, of four young players that we thought had a bright future and high ceilings, and they could be um, they could be put in a kind of fresh position and, and get a chance to succeed. Um, and we could invest in them; they could invest in us. We could grow as an organization together. Um, and uh, you know, we were sort of constantly evaluating how we're doing against those development goals. Um, and so, you know, we, we made this whole bunch of changes that we thought would set us up better for kind of development in the summer split and beyond. Um, and I, I went to do interviews in part because I wanted to talk through those changes. There was some nuance and based on the leak that Jacob Wolf did, I thought the, you know, changing high would be a little controversial. So, um, so, you know, we wanted to kind of talk through the whole thing. Ultimately, we did like an hour's worth of interview at Blitz and and the kind of 13 minutes that they cut together, which I think maybe is the first of the Blitz often sort of chops, does a longer thing and chops it up into segments. So I think this is the first or maybe it's the only one um, was very much just focused on the high piece of that. And within there and, you know, within the sort of hours of talking, I did trying to lay this out. Um, I said something I don't I don't think I didn't mean, um, but ultimately was like way too harsh. Um, Un, unprofessional and and uh, kind of disrespectful of high, um, and there are some pull quotes and and whatever. And so um, I, I kind of I guess I remember it a little bit in the moment, but we're talking moving on, and I, I had sort of forgotten about it. So when the thread popped up, and I realized that that was going to be a, a big part of the kind of focus and the reaction to it was really um, negative. Uh, understandably, I reached out to high immediately and and apologized to him. Um, I went to our our you know the team and and talked through. What what had happened and apologized to them, um, you know, and here ultimately, and sort of the reason I reached out to you is that I, I felt like that I, I wanted to get, you know, back in front of the camera, have an opportunity to talk things, talk things through, but also, um, you know, have an opportunity to apologize to our fans um, for really taking the wrong tack and kind of talking through this change um, and, uh, and being kind of unnecessarily sort of disrespectful to high in the process. That's not, that's not who I am as a person, not who we are as an organization. And I deserve better than that as a sort of send off um, from us. Uh, and so that's, that's part of why we're here. I also think, you know, um, it's a good chance to hopefully talk about some of the other things we're doing. Um, uh, you know, I think continuing to talk about high is probably a little bit of a trap, but we will sort of work our way, work our way through it as this goes on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you'll get a lot of people who are going to call in about that. And I know some people will talk about uh, the move itself and like why it didn't work out some of those questions. So I'll hold off uh, my opinions until they get brought up more by the, the callers. The only thing I'd say is like I, I rewatched the interview today to prep for it. And like I understood what you were trying to say and how it came across. And I think like I think what happened is the kind of typical Reddit problem where like someone pulls a quote out and most people don't watch it and then they just build their pain off that because the quote that the line that really got you in trouble was the um you know we felt like we had it was something along the lines i'm going to paraphrase here something along the lines of we had four uh good players and now with mickey we have five or something and like i think that was the the line that that most people clung on to and then like the rest of the video didn't matter so like I guess, what were you explicitly trying to say there before I share my opinion on it? Uh, I'm not sure it matters. I mean, I think like, I think ultimately um, it was probably too much high conversation at all. And I think one of the things I sort of watch like Reggie, Jack, Steve, the guys who've been doing this for years do such a good job of talking through 
both, you know, sort of players that are departing um, and also new players that are coming in and kind of balancing um, a discussion of the future in a way that doesn't make it um, as much about whatever the reason was that somebody's moving on. Right. And I think I I'm just sort of I didn't do a good job of kind of handling that scenario more broadly. Um, you know, I did a ton of amazing things for the organization and I should have been talking a lot more about that um, than kind of letting myself, I think, get sucked into a conversation of of explicitly why take me through exactly what high was doing wrong and why you kicked him from the team or why he's not a part of it anymore. And so I think there was sort of a, a broader problem, um, you know, that, that kind of predates any specific comment I made in there. That being said, like that comment itself was sort of way over the line, somewhat regardless of context, not entirely from context. So um, I guess that's the, I guess that's the way I'd answer it. There's a, there's a way in which I don't feel like rehashing the exact context of that mm -hmm. sentence is like, super relevant at this point yeah the the twitch chat is taking your statement about it doesn't matter to mean you saying that doesn't matter do you want to elaborate a little bit on what yeah you sorry so i i guess my intentions there don't matter right so what i said i think was hurtful and mean and inappropriate and what i meant in the face of that is sort of meaningless um uh, and it's on me, right, to express myself with more clarity and consistency such that I'm not saying anything that that is mean um, and harsh and unprofessional or whatever, um, you know, regardless of what I'm what I'm trying to say. And, you know, I think um, what you did right there, like giving me a chance to clarify in the moment because maybe something's being misunderstood. The problem with a fully canned interview that then gets gets hit to Reddit later, there isn't uh, the opportunity maybe to back and forth and and accidentally have talked myself into some hole that I that I'm three days later trying to talk myself back out of sure um and other than that i'd, I'd suggest you ignore twitch chat because they're a bunch of crazy people um <laughs> uh so uh, i'm trying to think if there's anything else we should we should talk about before we get just straight into the calls i don't know mark if you have something no i mean like i said i think a lot of the actual moves themselves will get hopefully brought up by the callers like I thought that was a bad move. I don't think Mickey will help or whatever their opinions are. I think that's when I'll chime in on the specifics. Yeah. Uh, uh, the only so thing I would say uh, oh. before we, we get, or actually, Mark, why don't you give your spiel so that we can start uh, getting people queued up? Yeah. So if you guys haven't watched the show before, the way this works is we have a Discord server that we're all using for audio here. And I'm going to spam it in chat. It's in Twitch chat right now. Check it out. Uh, you're going to want to join that server. And when you do, there's going to be text and voice channels. You're going to need to join a voice general channel and you can meet yourself once you're in there. And then you'll need to join one of the text channels. And that is where you're going to post your quote unquote take and what you want to talk about. Please avoid really general stuff. So I actually know what you're trying to talk about. So don't say like, I want to talk about the moves Golden Guardians made. It's like that doesn't mean anything to me. And if you say, I think high wasn't the problem and I want to say that this is a bad move. Great. That's a little bit more specific and I can pull that question. Uh, once we do that, I'll pull you from your general voice chat into the waiting room to do some mic tests, make sure you're good for putting you on air. And uh, the only thing while Mark is collecting uh, questions and discussion topics there, uh, as is the case with about every piece of content that I do with Hunter, I just want to disclose like Hunter and I have worked together previously. Uh, I consider him a close friend. We hang out in, in similar groups. That presents an obvious conflict of interest. There's going to be a lot of people that immediately say, well, then I shouldn't watch this show or like Travis will just defend it. Look, here's how tonight is going to go. Mark is going to pull questions from the chat and from the discord or whatever. And then you guys are going to call in. I will help moderate the conversation. 
but I'm not like here to defend Hunter or to whatever. It's going to be Hunter and, and you guys and, and probably uh, more Mark than me, to be honest, for tonight. So that's yeah, like I'm just take care. trying to create like a forum to facilitate a conversation between the community and Hunter uh, and, you know, Mark kind of injecting his uh, opinions as, as time goes on. Uh, the only other thing I would add to that, though, is that I do expect everyone to be respectful and polite. So if you think like a good amount of feedback would say like, hey, I think high is bet- was better than Mickey and I don't understand Hunter. I- I'd like to hear him explain what made them think about Mickey instead of high calling in and saying like Hunter sucks and should lose his job or Immortals well, was a much better team than Golden Guardians like uh, Hunter, you suck or what? Like that's the type of stuff where I'm just going to, you know, end the conversation because this is supposed to be a polite uh, show. Uh, that's the type of content I like to create. So I mean, sometimes we let it devolve into like bullshit and memory, but I don't think this is one of those episodes. Yeah, and and by the way, like I I know we're started talk starting on this uh this impo- this more serious conversation, but if you guys want to talk about something that's a little bit more chill or whatever, this doesn't need to feel like the Inquisition with everybody calling it to uh to uh, flog Hunter or whatever. We can talk about all sorts of different stuff as well. So I don't. It doesn't need to be two hours of that, but. Hope you guys uh, do appreciate the chance here to have a conversation about all this stuff. It's a little different than I think uh, the way a lot of people approach. Hunter's so nervous he's already left. Oh, no. He's no, back. no, no. My he's wife barfing. got home, so I'm able to close the, the door to this room. And uh, she I'm going to get somebody. Okay, cool. Very good. As, so as we get into the first call, I do want to thank a couple people who have uh, sent in some support to the show. Uh, let's see. So far, we've got... Uh, the Dranzigor, an Ivysaur, uh, Poro on Mars sent 100 bits and said, Looking forward to back to back Hotline League. Bonzo TV subbed, Froskern sent 10 bucks, said a really nice thing to me. Cerubix sent 100 bits. Uh, Lil Do, Do DC, Mark, are you Go getting on. the next caller? Yeah, I didn't know if you want me to pull him if you were ready. Oh, I'm, I'm ready. ready. Sorry, I thought I heard you All say right. you were good. Yeah, uh, I, I went out, but I didn't. Gotcha, gotcha. We'll, we'll continue on with the conversation first. Uh, first off, we've got Emo Acti. Is that how you pronounce your name? Emo is fine. Emo. Okay, we're just going to call you Emo. I'm turning you up <laughs> a little bit because you're a little quiet. But, um, All right. Where are you calling in from, Emo? I'm calling from Montevideo, Uruguay. From where? Uruguay. Montevideo, Uruguay. Uruguay. Oh, yeah. very cool. Very cool. Well, glad to have an inter- international caller on. Do you watch much NALCS? Um, every every weekend, and I watch this show um, every every week week too. Oh, thank so you, Emo. It's really fair cool. to say wow. he's a big fan. Yes. Yeah. Um. Um. I I watch you like from state of the league, so I I love you, Travis. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for everything you've uh, done for the. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. That's very nice of you. Uh, I I'd love to have you just continue to talk for a while, but maybe we should get to the reason you you called in. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, all right. So, even though um, Hunter has has said um, something hurtful, in in my opinion, um, he did tell the truth. Hi wasn't really a good player. Um, he was a good shot caller, but that doesn't make him a good player. Um, sk- skill wise, he was always um, behind. Um, I think every single mid laner or or so. So, I I think he did hold GGS back. But I believe um, also, well, that was the take, right? But I also mm-hmm. think um, it would have been better to keep him as a, like, 
strategic coach, maybe psychological coach. Um, and don't focus on him being a good, a bad player, but instead um, on what he did bring positively into the team. And Hunter just said that, so I, I, I agree with him. And he messed up, but we all do, do right? So, uh, so go ahead, okay, Mark. Okay, so I think now that we're on the topic of uh, high, I I agree to an extent. Like, I don't think anyone on that team was like hands down should not be in the league level of skill. Um, but I think like it was a team that didn't really function how it was supposed to function. Well, like when you watch them play the games, like uh, uh, high had. T- almost double the next closest person's negative CSD at 10. And then like it got even worse at 15 and 20. Like he was just clearly not capable of like holding his own in lane. It felt like versus the current mid pool, or he was intentionally at, you know, the best thing you can put on is that he was intentionally putting himself behind to make things happen on the map. Uh, and either way that was like not working for them. So like, I understand wanting to change things up, especially if the development focus side of it and his skill set not being translatable and teachable to other people is coming to fruition behind the scenes. So I, I think like in that sense, I definitely agree with the caller. Well, Hunter, here's your chance. You can go back in on high skills again. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> time to double down. No. Uh, so, so it sounds like uh, emo kind of agrees with uh, the roster change, but one thing he did kind of bring up, is the the possibility of like having high stick around as a coach or sort of to help behind the scenes with the performance of the players uh, is there you know what what was was there any kind of conversation around that or why didn't you guys sort of ha- have high help out there yeah so we, we talked to high about a number of um possibilities um you know uh and ultimately like i think he's just not very interested in coaching um and i think i i can't remember if this made um, the blitz interview or not, but, um, you know, I think high, high is a doer. Um, you know, like he, I think he has a, a ton of self-confidence. It's, it's sort of infectious and amazing. And uh, it's one of his, um, just like tremendous skills and part of what makes him a, a strong leader. And I think, um, I think high could be a good coach, a great coach, if that was something he really wanted to do, but ult- ultimately he wasn't particularly interested in, in that role and, and wants to kind of carve a new path for himself, which I think he talked about in his AMA and he's done a lot of streaming and other things to sort of, um, to kind of, uh, get some more perspective or his perspective out there. So, um, you know, I think if that was something high circled back to, um, you know, at some point, uh, I think he could be amazing at it. Um, but, uh, but he wasn't, he's not interested in that at least right now. Emo, do you have, uh, any other thoughts on the golden guardians organization or, you know, anything, anything that you'd like <laughs> um, to see from them? Um, following up what, what I said, I, I think if, if high's major skill point was, shot calling he wasn't really doing a good job at that um as <laughs> either <laughs> because um gg's macro was a mess in my opinion like all split um uh, and i'm also curious about if bringing special um to the main team was ever a, a possibility because i believe he could bring um experience and shot calling to the team and also i think special was always a really good sport and matt Maybe isn't that. Even though Matt is is fine, I, I don't. I'm I'm not blaming him. Yeah. So I think that's an interesting question. So I guess I'd say two things. I think um, 
I think we saw, you know, distinct flashes of what Matt is capable of. If you look at the Rakan games that he had, the Shen games that he had, and I think you you kind of look at the bottom lane overall. Our bottom lane, I think, was was one of the strengths of the team, and I, you know, Matt is literally fifty percent of that. But also, I think the support, especially in terms of laning presence and and that structure, um, is by far the biggest voice. I also think, um, you know, we didn't see the best that Matt was capable of consistently, and some of that is, I think, putting him, you know, sort of improving the environment around him and making sure that he's he's set up for success um i, I think special knows and that he has a i don't know an hour-long interview i think with jacob wolf that that you can find out there um that coaching is his future something he and i have been talking about for years when i was at riot um you know i was i was kind of getting to know the players for the first time and talking to the team liquid guys a lot because i happen to be just sort of physically near them you know more often but a bunch of the players about where they are right now where do they see themselves in the future how is you know they're sort of esports e career progressed um and i think especially knows coaching is is his future or it's it's likely his future and he has a tremendous number of kind of natural skills that i think will make him excellent at that um and we saw sort of pieces of that in his kind of player coach role um at academy this past split and um you know i think you can find the interview for for him to talk more about that but um but ultimately i think him moving into a full-time coaching role with the team is the right decision, but you know, for us, um, especially, but also, also for him. Yeah. Jacob in the chat right now, ready to plug. <laughs> I think he must have shown up oh, right in the chat. Yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. He just showed up ready at, at just the time to put to plug that. He has to be all ready to go. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, he also instantly Jacob got gifted just... a, he was just like waiting. He's like, all right. So he's like, I'm, I'm sensing uh, a plug opportunities here. Yeah, he also yeah. instantly got gifted a sub so he can. Jacob, I expect you to use my emotes every in every Twitch chat that you go to in, in honor of the gift that you were given today. It's the greatest gift uh, one esports personality can get uh, is just a sub to this channel. So thank you so much. Yeah, and if anyone has any inside info that they want to give to Jacob Wolf, you just have to say his name in a mirror three yeah, times, and it, he'll show yes. up to make the deal. That is true. That is true. <laughs> yeah. Um, emo, emo. Uh, that's a, a good question. I'm glad you brought up the special thing. Uh, any any parting thoughts before we move on to the next caller? Um, to be completely honest, when I read the Reddit quote, I was like, "Whoa, what is this guy guy doing?" But um, I understand uh, the, the the thought process of of the change, and I agree with it. Um, as as he said, like his way wasn't perfect, but I I, I thank you for having me. And um, good job. Yeah, thank Thanks you so much. It. Yeah, thank you, Emo. Really appreciate. Fantastic. It. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to the next caller. And we should have somebody in a second as Mark goes off to grab some people. Do you want to say thank you to Lil Dodesi for the sub? Rico Suave, who resubbed. It's been four months. He's been on the show before. Um, <laughs> hello? <laughs> this guy's name, Project Cream Pie, donated $10 and said, uh, if you bit Travis Engel number two in Mark's place for the rest of the show, I'll donate 10 more buckaroos. I don't know what that means. Hashtag farewell, Mark. Oh, I it see. The the other, I assume you, that means the other camera. Yeah, the other camera. That is like, yes, very yeah. good. Uh, next up, we've got on the show, Jarge, 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 Jarge. How do you pronounce that? Okay, so can we get this straight? It's been Jarge. It's like a hard J because my real name is Josh. And when I was, I guess, like really young, my sister tried to say like Joshua and said Joshua. So it's been Jarge forever. Okay. But people keep calling me Yarg and Yahe. I think Jat actually said Yahe on stream. <laughs> 
in the actual LCS broadcast. So a lot of people have been kind of wondering for a while, but it's Judge with a hard J. Good to hear that, Jargy. Uh, what is uh, where are you calling from? Jargy? <laughs> I'm actually I'm in LA. So okay, I'm in Santa Monica in Los I think Angeles. I'm like probably 50 feet from you, maybe. Yeah. Have you so uh, for those that don't know who you are, because uh, familiar familiar name and the accent sounds about right. Uh, yes. Do you want to give a little bit of context for who you are? Uh, sure. Uh, I'm George. I am a former analyst for Team Liquid, former co-gen analyst for TSM, former analyst for Fnatic, LCS teams. Been around for a fair while now. Yeah. What? And you haven't you haven't announced what you're doing next yet, right? No. No. I have. Uh, I actually haven't. I'm not t- doing anything next at the moment. Right now, I have a some personal issues to take care of, so I'm taking a small. Uh, laps of free agency and i've opted to just kind of play the field of it and then we'll see what happens so well good it's, news it's really uh, mark that most people won't see me till next play anyways. mark is equally unemployed so you guys can yes. just hang out together well I'm, I'm actually leaving in seven days so mark you've got a I'll short window of time to hang out with jargy darn it yeah. <laughs> you're like my fucking mom like hey did you know that jimmy's in too jimmy's jimmy's not doing anything like is it no jimmy mom. is it listen Yarny? mark yummy Mark, what's like your what? Mark's like your mom. I've just been trying to get you some friends. When something I go home, interesting like going holidays, on in your life. She's like, "Hey, these people you haven't hung out with ever are in town. That are my my friends' yeah. kids." I'm like, "No, I don't want to hang out with them. I don't we, know them." We've all just been trying to help you. Uh, we, all these years, Mark. Find. Do I somebody. have like a help me sign? Is this shirt? I thought it was a clean. You just you, shirt, you, you give off that vibe. Says, like you need help <laughs> connecting need help. other with other people. <laughs> just a vibe. All right, uh, Jorg, uh, what did you want to talk about on the show today? All right, so uh, I guess we'll preface this with the, uh, I think the, the swap from Hi to Mickey is like fine, if that's what you want. Uh, I, don't I think mean, you, and we should say, you. How, what was your involvement with Mickey? Sorry to interrupt you, I just, I'm kind of curious, because oh, you were on uh, I mean, we I actually worked with Mickey briefly at the end of 2017, uh, when he moved to the TL main team, uh, and played with this for the promotion tournament, and obviously he's been on our academy team, so I've kind of, uh, I don't really have super loads of involvement with the academy team. I mostly work with the main team, but uh, sorry, our LCS team. Uh, both teams are equal. <laughs> sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've, I've not. I don't really. I've not really had like super loads of interaction with Mickey. Um, obviously, I've seen him around. I speak to him sometimes, and I speak to all the academy players, and I'm really close with the academy coach Tim. Um, so I know a lot about Mickey, but most of it's secondhand information. But um, that's not mostly what I'm here to talk about. Uh, mostly what I'm here to talk about is the is mostly like the kind of the line that Hunter's been saying about how uh, Golden Guardians is a development focused org, which I think is fine. Like if that's how you want to kind of be as an organization, if that's your philosophy, I think that's perfectly fine. Like there needs to be development focused orgs in LCS and it makes sense that uh, it's you. So what I really want to know is like what um, changes can be made now and like what development opportunities can be made now, now that high is not on the team that you can with Mickey, because in my experience, like I think communication is like the most important part of the game. And this is where league is evolving is like how well your team can coordinate. And that just requires good communication. And I think personally, it's going to be more difficult to develop players with a non-native English speaking player. And I'm just interested to know, like, what is your philosophy on like, this change, why it's good, and why it's better for development. Okay, uh, sure. I mean, I think um, 
I guess what I would say is I, th I think the question is framed, I think, somewhat limitedly in the sense that it's like a high versus Mickey discussion, which is okay, which, sure, you know, yeah. so so, some of the problems. Like, so, so putting that aside for the moment, like, yeah. you know, um, I think I think what we're opting into, um, you know, and I is we're sort of creating intentionally kind of a, a leadership vacuum or the way I think more positively look at it is we're creating opportunities um, for the flashes of kind of calm strength, leadership strength um, that we saw in our four young players um, over the course of the first split um, for them to really like try to grab the reins on that and see and see where they can go. Um, and so, uh, you know, I can kind of go position by position, but each each player really showed um, kind of a unique uh, time in the game and also sort of role outside of the game that uh, that they were really strong in or had an interest in or, you know, something that we could talk to them about and grow. And I think um, with less kind of leadership on the team, um, you know, with high gone, um, there's room in a sense for them to really take on some of that. And uh, and we're excited to see that. I think Sam um, in particular is this like really clear Lorlo. communicator, strong level head. Yeah, Lorlo, sorry. Um, yeah. A really like strong level headed voice. He's really good at um, at kind of checking in with his teammates, um, seeing when they get maybe off the rails or on tilt or other things, both in game and outside of game. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> and so I think there's room to, for him to kind of really step into to a leadership role. Um, not necessarily in terms of like, he's our clear shot caller and everything will run by whatever he says. But, um, I think there, as you would know, there's like a bunch of different ways in which you can be a leader on the team. And I think that's, yeah. I think that's the way we'll sort of look to Sam to do that. Um, I think Mickey will, will probably still be one of the go buttons on this team. Um, him and contracts, I think will be our sort of forward looking forward playing, um, players who will really be the go voice. And I think it'll be on Matt in a way that I think he wasn't always as comfortable doing um, in spring split to sort of be the the no voice or the the calming influence in, in the way this roster comes together. And the, those are new opportunities, I think, you know, for Juan um, contracts and for for Matt, um, you know, and I think we'll try to see if they can develop um, in that in that space. And so there's a way in which, um, you know, by creating um uh, problems or, or avoid, we're giving opportunities for our players to grow. And we sort of needed one, I think, I think to get the other, um, kind of a, kind of a, in a number of, in a number of different areas. I agree that like language barrier, um, you know, is an issue and it's one that we'll have to work to solve. Um, you know, and we were sort of quietly looking for more support in that area and we can sort of less quietly look now that, you know, we're not trying to, to hide a particular change or, or whatever. Um, and so that's, those are, you know, additional skills that we'll be looking to bring on to make sure that, you know, Mickey is set up for success and the team is set up for a success at all. But again, you know, like it really isn't, there is like the one for one player swap, but it's part of a much broader suite of changes that are designed to continue you pushing development forward okay hunter when you say intentional leadership vacuum it sounds really like that's such sounds like such a strange term i guess is what i would say like haven't you seen any of those mob movies where you whack the guy at the top and then everyone tries to become the no i well guy? i know what a power yeah, vacuum yeah, is yeah, i understand the yeah. concept of it but <laughs> saying like we're creating an intentional leadership vacuum does sound a little funky like well i guess the other way to say it is like it was going to be impossible for one person to replace everything that high was doing as a leader for this team, both in and out of game. Um, and so I don't, I think it would be kind of, um, uh, silly to pretend that like we got it. Yes, we're taking we one of the best leaders in the history of League of Legends and and in NA is gone. But don't worry, these other five guys are just going to do all of that and it's going to be fine. 
um, you know, that's a risk, right? Uh, it's like a big risk for us, but it's it's calculated in the sense that I think we thought long and hard about, um, you know, whether we would be able to, you know, whether this was the, we needed to kind of create these opportunities and our players, you know, we'd be able to step in and, and sort of backfill a lot of that stuff. And, and we don't know, but we're going to see. And I think the flashes of what we saw in each of these guys and getting to know them and spending a lot of time with them and the coaches working with them and other things um, is something that we thought uh, they'd be able to step in and handle. And so when I say it's a kind of like creating a leadership vacuum that that is sort of a colorful way of saying like high is irreplaceable um yeah. and you know it's on it's on each of our, us to kind of step in and handle pieces of that and try to you know collectively right like uh, uh put all of that back together i yeah. think one of the the interesting things i saw in that initial interview that got you in some trouble was the point about how like high um, and his skill set not being like super translatable or like teaching. It's more like he'll tell you the right thing to do and he wants you to seemingly, you know, kind of just follow it. Like he's, he'll, he'll end up being like the brain for a lot of the team. And so, like, I can see that stance where it's like, well, if he's always making the decisions and being the leader on the team, then they're not developing that skill set on their own. So I can, I can see that point. Yeah. So yeah I mean, I, oh, sorry. sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. So, I mean, I've worked with Lolo and Matt, and I think both of them are super good players. I think in the right environment, they can be truly great players. They're both super introspective, very intelligent outside of the game. Um, but really kind of more of what I was looking for is like, what are the changes that your organization is making as a development focused org to like really create this change? Like, it's really easy to say like, uh, we're going to create a pressure, like we're going to create this like leadership vacuum and the players are just going to step up. But as an organization, do you not feel that you have some obligation to kind of support that growth process? and like what I'm really asking is like what processes like are you putting in place to kind of make that happen? Okay. Okay. Perfect. So I, I yeah, that's a just a, a new level of detail. That's fine. So uh, we went into the off season. Um, you know, I think it was March 20th, right, the day after our final game, and we sat down with every player and talked through. Um, you know, what went well, what didn't go well, what, you know, they could, they need in terms of support going forward, what, um, you know, what we want to work on collectively over the off season, we sort of came up with homework, worked with coaches. So, you know, we kind of had a, a bunch of different scenarios for how we thought the, the off season might go. And, and we, we kind of talked through potentialities and, and ultimately like we gave each player a specific set of homework um, surrounding, you know, kind of the skill set that we were looking for them to develop and, you know, a, a partner in a coach who was going to kind of work with them both on what they could do when they were, uh, you know, on their own, right? Like back at home or during their break or, you know, just sort of doing solo queue and also, you know, what, what our sort of focus would be when they got back, um, you know, for Juan, right? It's like, we're going to try to really turn the first 15 minutes over the game of the game over to you. Um, you know, and kind of take advantage of your natural strengths um, and kind of sensing where the other jungler is and what's going on there and see if like you can be the leader and caller of these first 15 minutes. And so, you know, we have a kind of a plan for kind of solo queue kind of break time. And then when we get back, um, there's going to be a number of different sort of um, scrim focus um, sessions. I'm not exactly sure how to word it on on kind of working wand through some of those things along with pairing him, you know, kind of VOD review and other things. I, I, I don't, I, I guess I'm not sure what level of detail you're really looking for. Um, so I didn't give it to you the first time. Is, am I getting kind of closer I, I think, to what you're I asking? Think, yeah. Jarge, do you mind if I, like, I think one way to phrase this question and feel free to tell me if, if I'm wrong is, all right, so you're going to go into this next split. You're going to have this leadership vacuum. Uh, is there anything you guys are doing to help, build leaders right rather than just sort of saying okay here's this void let's see what happens 
is there something that Golden Guardians will be doing to try to like development to develop like a captain or, leader or whatever? Is that, yeah, is that yeah, right, so Jordan? Yeah, yeah. Basically, what I'm asking is like, as an organization, like you want to be a development focused organization, but like, what are you doing to be better at developing players than other orgs are? Because if you're developing players slower than other organizations who aren't who don't have like such new talent, like you have an opportunity here to develop some new talent, and like, what are you doing that's going to set you? It's going to really develop you as the development organization, which you say you want to be. Yeah, so not, I mean, like, okay, okay, that's fine. So um, I think among other things, right, like just having the space for players in which to develop, I think is one thing that sets us apart as a development-oriented organization, right? Like, um, you know, teams have more or less sort of rookie or younger players on them, and then within the structure of their team, there's more or less space for that player to, you know, take risks and try out new things and sort of grow, and I, I think one thing that kind of sets us apart is that, that we're, we're sort of risk-tolerant in that sense, and we want to give players the opportunity to, to fail and try again and do other things and i think that's part of, of being a strong development organization is making sure that you know players have the ability to try um and fail and try again and learn um in addition to that right like i think the focus of our of our culture um in terms of communication style and facilitation and the kind of strengths of our of our coaches and of our players is one that's really focused on on learning lessons and communicating um not necessarily being like hyper results driven especially in practice time but you know you know, the, I think one of the strengths of the organization in a tough spring split was that um, we were going to really focus on what we can learn in each situation and and not let results, good or bad, sort of sway the the progress of the team too much. You know, we're changing that a, a little bit. In addition, like I think we're working. You know, every player's got their own kind of trajectory, um, and getting to know them and looking at strengths and weaknesses and also where they want to go. We're in position to kind of put a, a curated growth plan in front of them. And so for Sam, that for example, you know, he really wanted to. Um, read this offseason and find books that would let him talk about or kind of learn about um, ways to step into new leadership roles, how to motivate people, how to think through what he's doing and how that relates to other people. And so, you know, we worked on putting a plan together that would get him some titles that were interesting and put him in better position to kind of develop those skills. And then when he comes back, he has an opportunity to kind of put those into practice and and learn. I'm getting Travis's face is maybe indicating that I'm still not quite answering. No, this no, it's well. fine. I'm just Mark is uh, chatting about anime in the Twitch chat. So I, oh, uh, you've, I, we've lost I, Mark. They asked me a question. You want me to just ignore Twitch chat? Yeah. I'm listening to all of this. Yes. Yeah, Listen yeah, to yeah. our guest. I am listening. George is asking great questions. I don't want to get in the way. No, 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 no it's fine. Hunter. So I think like, I think uh, among other things, right? Like being development oriented means making sure that your players have the the support they need to, to try to learn, to fail, or to try and fail if necessary, hopefully succeed, you know, learn and grow. Um, I think there's, there's kind of a patience um, that's, you know, necessary as part of that, that, that historically hasn't been, you know, super um, prevalent in esports given the relegation nature and just instability in general. Yeah. I mean, uh, Hunter, like, like a good way to sum it up is kind of um, it sounds like what you're saying and, and correct me if I'm wrong is that like on a team like cloud nine or TSM or I don't know, hundred thieves. Maybe if a player has a really bad split, they will possibly be replaced because the plan is to like win next split. But for you guys, you're more willing to have them stick around. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think there's certainly teams um, in our situation who would have made more drastic changes to ensure that they got, you know, they got different results um, in the in the summer split. But we really believe in these guys and invested in them.
and you know want them to continue to invest in us and so um you know we're going to take a lot of what what we saw in the spring split and try to double double down on it and and sort of shore up weaknesses or give them new opportunities yeah and relegations is on so you can yeah you know six, six splits in a row that you're allowed to finish ninth tenth before you have to worry uh, it's five it? of five of eight, so five of eight, yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, like that. You know, yeah, we got time. I have uh, one more question. Do, do sure. we have much time? Can I ask? Just it's a it's along the same line of questioning. Are we? Am I taking up too much? No, time? just uh, just wrap it up if you can. It's fine sure, if you. Okay. So you I just want to kind of touch on your academy team. Um, so as the development focus org, I want to know why are you replacing three of your academy players? Obviously one of them is special and he's going to a coaching position, which I think is a great role for him, but you're replacing two of your really new players who have only really been playing the last year with Zig. You've replaced them with Zig, Sheep, and Benji, who is Lod, all of whom have been around for at least four-ish years. So as a development focused organization, why are you replacing these really new players with what are essentially veterans of like the academy or to LCS teams? Yeah, so I, th I think it's a great question. Um, so I think it's a pretty simple answer. And I, I think this is true of the other orgs also. Our academy team's job is to, to you know, be a piece of a larger organization, right? And so you kind of corrected yourself when you said main team and then we're like other team about the LCS team. But, you know, we're, we're all like a big family and our job is to be the best organization top to bottom that we can be. And so, you know, I think, I think when we were looking at what we need for summer and we're doing more development at the LCS level um, than some of the other teams are. So, you know, I think most academy teams are going to kind of serve to support um, their LCS team in one form or another. And for teams that don't need maybe direct talent replacement or, you know, really solid, they can take flyers on longer term players or something like that. We needed a team, you know, and this is the big change um, from spring to summer that was in better position to directly push and be a scrim partner and kind of practice partner, strategic partner for our, for our LCS squad. We didn't have that. Some of that is that, um, you know, our players were, I think, a little too green and we bit off more than we could chew there. And so we're intentionally kind of bringing the skill level of the academy team up with veterans who I think are going to be in a great position to show that they're ready to get back to the LCS. Um, and I think that is like one of the major things that we didn't, you know, I wasn't very successful at talking about that is going to help our LCS guys grow even faster is that they have this really strong um, partner uh, at the academy level to help support their growth. Um, and so I can see how that's kind of counterintuitive that you could say, like, we should take the five greenest players at the LCS level and the five greenest players at the academy level. And that's what a development oriented team is going to do. I just think that's, a, in, in a sense, almost a too simplistic approach to the situation. We're looking to create upward upward mobility for our for our four and now five really young players at the LCS. And sort of asking the question, what do these guys need to succeed and what they need to succeed at the academy level, as opposed to spring split is a really strong partner down there. Um, and so that's that's like what we intentionally set out to find. Um, we're players who are going to be able to step right in and provide an excellent scrim partner. We're coming back, you know, earlier than the other teams to kind of get started right away. And part of that is so that we have an academy team that can be a really good partner for our LCS team and then continue that on um, throughout the split. So how do you, you argue? You have anything you jarg? You have anything uh, no, you I, say? I mean, I, I think that that pretty much covers it. Okay. okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling in. I really appreciate it. It's, uh, it was fun, fun having you on the show. Maybe yeah, thanks for again. calling in. Good. Good. Ho hopefully you can uh, stick around in North America. Um, probably not, but thank you anyway. Do you like <laughs> Do you like England's weather better or do you like L.A.? No, um, I like a lot of things about England. The weather obviously is really shit. Uh, <laughs> L.A. weather is really nice and L.A. food is really nice. It's just like 
there's just really no place like home. Like people say it, but it's like really true. Like it's, I've been in America for the last like three calendar years. And honestly, like I miss my family. I miss my friends and it's going to be great to be back. Honestly. I agree. There is no place as bad as England. Wow. Well, folks, I've only been there once. Jesus Christ. Why did you shit on an entire nation? Holy shit. <laughs> right, you know, so you know my, my, my family did a family vacation in England. They asked if I wanted to go, and I was just like, no, nah, I'm good. Wow. <laughs> Travis, wow. have you been anywhere that isn't London? Um, I'd like to go back. To I was London. in London twice. Have you been anywhere that isn't London? Hey, it was great having you on the show, Jarg. Uh, best of luck <laughs> of the future. Exactly. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mark, why don't I... Oh, Mark. Mark. Let's talk about London. Or no. read your things. Where'd he go? He's not even in the waiting room. Oh, he is in the waiting room. Mark, wait. I need to do the uh, commercial. Well, I'll set it back. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Really quickly, everyone. I want to talk to you guys about something. I want to level with you about something that's been on my mind a lot lately. This is a company that provides a lot of support uh, to me personally. Also to Mark, also the show. You guys might have heard of them before. They're called Omen by HP. Uh, that's right. They are the show or they're the, the main sponsor for the show. Right now, the only sponsor for the show. Uh, and they are fantastic. In fact, uh, you guys can't see as well anymore because of the new camera. I'll have to fix that. But I've got their laptop right behind me. Use this whenever I'm on the road. We use this in Miami when I traveled. We'll be using it uh, if or when I go to MSI. Uh, we are streaming this from an Omen by HP uh, computer. I'm looking at it on an Omen by HP monitor. I'd say I've loved all the gear that I've I've used uh, that they've they've sent me, uh, and it's it's been a pretty good experience working with these guys. I, uh, I all think, right, are we done? I just came back. You know, sometimes you you do a show and you partner with someone, and you're like, oh, what a disaster! But then you partner with a company. Who are just amazing. And that's really what has happened with Hotline League. Is Owen by HP is an amazing partner, unlike some of the other people I've had to partner with for this show. And I've I've really appreciated their support. They got into the space uh, a couple years ago, realized the the value of competitive gaming and uh and esports, and uh, really decided they wanted to support everything everything from things like Overwatch League all the way down to uh little inky dinky Itsy bitsy show like this, uh, just a, a minuscule blip on the radar of esports like Hotline League, uh, and you know it's what it's their support that allows uh, this show to exist and for people like yourselves to call in and have this discussion. Uh, anyway, they are doing. By the way, they do a, uh, a dojo show. That's uh, what they call it. I, I, the Omen Dojo, I believe, is the the name of it. Uh, you can check it out. Uh, they tweet about it over on Omen by HP their Twitter account, but they stream it on Twitch. It's a show that they do uh, most most recently uh, with CLG members is what I've been able to, uh, to keep an eye on. Um, and I don't know. You guys can go check it out. I think they've got another one planned uh, coming up shortly. I'm sure they have information about that over on their social. But uh, why don't I, you know, in, in the in the Twitch chat, I'll just type in their their link, um, their Twitch link. And you can go check them out and uh, maybe give them a follow. And you can check out some awesome content that they're making uh, with CLG, a team that they sponsor, uh, much like they sponsor this show. So thank you so much to Omen by HP uh, for their support. And if you if you appreciate their support, uh, go check them out on Twitter. Say hello. Say say we sent you uh, because they they make stuff like this happen. So thanks so much to Omen by HP. All right, moving on. Uh, we have another caller coming in. in just a moment, uh, Mark. Are, you, are they ready? Yeah, I just pulled them in. Okay. 
Uh, okay, very good. And on the show, we've got Jedi Mace. How's it going, Jedi Mace? Good. How are you doing? Pretty good. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from La Mirada, California. La Mirada. Okay, so not too far away. What that you, is. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What, what, do you, what do you want Southern to talk about? Southern California, I'm guessing. I've Southern California, heard. yes. What do you want to yeah. talk about on the show? So my question was um, directly of, I understand that Golden Guardians wanted to be a developmental focused organization, um, building young talent, mostly around um, definitely in contracts. Um, they seem to be like the, your younger players that you want to build around. Um, but you also brought in Matt Lorlow and High, who are the more veterans on the squad um, in the league. Um, I've been a long time TL fan, so I can understand how you saw potential in Matt and Lorlo, um, because in their first split or two, they looked really promising. Um, my question more is, um, being as a developmental organization, what did you, what were, what were you thinking in bringing Matt Lorlo and Hyun who want to be, or more veterans in the league rather than building more are bringing more players like definitely in contracts in who are more young. You don't know really what you're going to get out of them. Um, contracts look really good on C9, obviously, because he played the um, last year was his full first year. Um, but definitely was kind of more of the challenger scene. Um, so that's kind of my question of why did you want to build around those three veterans, uh, especially Matt and Lordlow, rather than just um, more players such as like definitely in contracts. And I guess uh, 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 just to throw a point there, do you consider two full years of playing in the LCS, a veteran or like what, what term would you use for a person like that? Cause they're clearly not like, you know, completely fresh faces. Right. Um, I would say that two years is probably like veteran status. Um, they're definitely not young, but I think in league and in esports, I think two years gives you a, quite a large sample size. Um, they're pretty experienced in the league. Um, especially like Matt and Lorlo, right. Who were one game away from going to finals. Um, I'm pretty sure like they finished first place, one split in the regular season. So like they know what it takes to get to the top. Um, they're not just like being carried by, I mean, at that point it was piglet. Um, so they weren't just being carried at all. So I feel like they're pretty much veterans in the league. Just, just um, as a, a quick fact check, Mark, is that, I don't. I don't recall. They were one game away from going to finals. There was that double T play. They never finished first in the regular season. That was the split before that one when they had Quas, myself, Piglet, Expecial, and, yeah. and they, they finished first. Also, yeah. Mark, did your microphone change again, or is no, it I just that you're leaning so back? back? I, I, I'm getting. I don't know. Sorry, I was so. Yeah, I think I think um, I'm going to say like I think High is in a different level of veteran status than yes. Matt Ed, and Lorlo. So let's just create a distinction there and say like I think uh, Matt and Lorlo like we have the youngest team in the league before, and I realize that experience and age are not exactly the same, but they're sort of related in a way. Um, and I think it you know in those two, this would not be the first time I think that you've seen players um, have a change of scenery, and that really lead to a blossoming in their career, right? Like Monster uh, was on uh, Gravity, right, and then moved to TSM, and we really saw him make a jump. Smoothie bounced around a, a little before he kind of landed in Cloud9 and really, like, had his moment. And, 
you know, and, and we've seen how great he can be, you, you know, Hakuho, right? Like there are a bunch of players in NA who, who sort of got their start somewhere. wasn't the right situation for a lot of different reasons, um, you know, kind of instability in the league. And then, and they, um, they really had a jump. So, you know, when I look at Lorlo at 19, right, Matt is 20, you know, definitely 20 contracts is 18. These are four um, really young players, like overall who are in their first, you know, coming out of maybe their first environment um, ever contracts had success at C9. So there's no, like, you know, that we're not expecting um, this to be the environment where suddenly you see the best that he's capable of. But I don't think it's crazy to say the flashes that you saw at TL, um, you know, like a lot of other players, when they get into, you know, um, a more stable environment or, or a different environment, you're going to see the, that potential really like, um, you know, fully unlocked. And I think, I think that's like the expectation, um, you know, in bringing those guys in, right. That they are still with two years, right. Like lots of experience. Um, you can see the good and the bad. You can also see that there is a long career in front of both of them. Um, and the opportunity for them to be every good as good as, uh, every good as, as they've sort of shown at moments, um, as you saw as a TL fan. So I, I would just sort of draw like a distinction. I think those two are much closer to contracts and definitely, um, you know, where they are in their trajectory, you know, somewhat where they are in their life than they are, than they are to high. Jed, I see you, how do you feel about sort of the distinction that while maybe Matt and Lorlo were not, uh, complete rookies that they might not be veterans. Do you feel like that's that's fair, or do you you want to rebut? Or even if they're veterans within side? like whatever you know, two years is some kind of cutoff. Fine. Um, that I think they have a ton of career in front of them, and having you know having um, both flourished and struggled in one environment, I think are primed to really succeed in a second one. Yeah, um, I definitely agree that them and higher are obviously in different classes in terms of veteran status. Um, but I would definitely say that. They're much different from definitely in contracts. Contracts are obviously closer to them because he had playoff experience, right, with C9 and the pressure games. Um, and I actually really like Lorlo. I'm like a fan of his. I just like how high he gets and how much he's devoted to the game. So I think he's a serviceable LCS player. Um, and Matt, I like him as a person. Um, just like from what I've known from like their squad videos, he just seems like a really cool guy and really genuine, um, obviously really devoted to the game and works really hard. Um, but it's also fair to say like he's had much better eight carries. And when that happens, he's obviously looked a lot better. And when he hasn't had somebody like a piglet, right. Who's super mechanically gifted, he doesn't look that great. And he makes a lot of mistakes of, um, not only mistakes in lane, but like just getting caught uh, caught out a lot in team fights or when the team fights about to happen. Um, and so as a developmental focused organization, I would understand bringing in someone who's new, like definitely right. Who's just played in the Academy or something like that, who hasn't had a lot of experience making those same mistakes, but yet he's growing in the organization rather than somebody like Matt, who's had a bunch of pressure games and had a chance to shine and has done so at moments, but also failed a lot as well and still saying that we're going to develop them as the players. While it's possible, I think that it's better to go with new players who haven't had that opportunity and make maybe like the same mistakes, but still grow and have more like a higher ceiling than knowing what Lorlo and Matt's ceiling is already. Maybe if they, you haven't seen it, like you still have a chance that they're going to go really high and have a really high ceiling, but you kind of already seen their, um, ceiling in TL, right? When so, they were one game away from finals. With so let me, I mean, let me kind of uh, paraphrase a little bit of Jedi's question, which is why, why not 
go with if you guys are going to be the developmental org, why not go with more Deftly? Deftly was the only person you pulled from Challenger. Why not try to find more Challenger players or really kind of embrace the idea of like, hey, these are a bunch of fresh faces. Yeah. So I guess I guess I would just turn it around in a sense, like if their ceiling is one game from worlds, like one double TP play that, you know, sort of a coin flip and sorry, not from worlds, but from finals, like that's a pretty high ceiling, right? Like that's not so bad. If that's, if that's like, you're going to say, we're going to take the best they've shown in terms of where they finished, you know, potentially at the end of a split and just define that as their ceiling. I think that's pretty good. Most, most uh, teams would want players that are capable of playing at an LCS finals level, you know, from there. So, but I, I would say I, it, beyond that, I, maybe we just kind of agree to disagree agree on where their ceilings are because um, I think they're I think they're a little bit higher than yours um, in terms of like dropping sort of further down right I think if you look at the overall pool of players you you want to find sort of two things right like you, you're looking for people with a lot of career left in front of them which is somewhat age and somewhat experience and also you know you're looking for a, a really high ceiling I guess it's three things you're looking for a really high ceiling and then you're looking for um, you know the kind of personality and and mindset that can that can lead to growth people who are self-aware self-critical um, disciplined and hard working. Um, and those guys check all of those boxes and we're you know, going to be ready to step right into the LCS. There's a way in which I think if you um, you take too many risks at once, you create too much of a volatile mix. Um, it's hard to kind of measure each variable if you're making too many changes. And I think if you said, we're going to take five just raw challenger players and throw them in, it's going to be much harder to tell what's working and what's not working because you have less sort of known quantities in some ways. And so um, I think we can still be you know, very development oriented by having young players who have shown um, some of what, you know, they can do, but not necessarily unlock that consistently um, and really see if we can get them to be the peak, you know, that we've seen or higher um, on a consistent basis. Yeah, I think my, my opinion is like, if you take five players who have close to no experience and put them together, like they're just going to get smashed and it's hard to learn like what you want to work on when everything is just kind of like getting destroyed. And so like a lot of these players that you see come up who as young players succeed, it's usually in an environment where there's other like stabilizing play, like contracts join C9 and it's like, great. Well, they have impact and they have Jensen they have sneaky and they have smoothie. So that's a pretty stable core to like slot someone into so that they can like more quickly reach their potential, I would say. Um, so I, I can definitely understand the mindset of not just being like, yeah, let's get five challenger players because we want to develop the scene. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I think that's something we saw on our Academy team. Um, that, you know, like the game is the game is difficult. Um, the, the way league is sort of a team game, um, it is hard for individuals, right? Like this is a, you know, something the subreddit memes about or circles circles around. But, you know, like the one play, how hard can one player carry? Like, you know, one player can lose you the game. Other things I think like um, you need kind of a, a relatively um, high skill floor at each position in order to kind of get into the game and have a chance to grow and learn. And and our academy team, I think, um, struggled at times to play the game consistently enough across its roles um, to really let each player have opportunities to explore the mid game or explore, um, you know, later game scaling champions or, uh, or other things. It's part of part of what made that environment, I think, harder from a development standpoint. Um, and so I think you'd run a lot of that risk at the LCS level, along with the pressure and expectations and everything else that comes along with playing in the spotlight. I mean, if you think um, guys are hard on our team or, you know, right now, um, I think you can imagine how much harder, harsher it might be. And it might be on the org um, if, you know, if if things were even worse. 
before we move on to the next caller and, and say goodbye to Jedi uh, Mace, uh, Snoopy938 in Twitch chat says, GGS is basically blaming one player for their troubles. Uh, that was something oh, I saw yeah. people kind of react to with the high thing. Don't don't bother looking for it for it. It's uh, but no, no, I believe you. Yeah. Wait, looking for it in chat. No, I think it's I'm I, you know, so I, I can see it actually. Snoopy nine three. There it is. So uh, let me be clear. No, um, if if I know that's how I came off. So, you know, just give me a second to say I we were not intense because of high. This was not high's fault by any means. Um, I think he we put him in a very difficult position and he, you know, and he he formed admirably and, and you know, tremendously given given everything. So, um, you know, I am not uh, it is not high's fault by any means. And that's why, like, I think the the unfortunate part about um, the way the Blitz interview came off is that it seemed like we were making this one change and that's going to fix everything. Like we're making a whole bunch of changes, um, you know, and we expect that those collectively will make a big difference on where this on where the team is going and what kind of, um, you know, development we're going to see in summer split. Uh, and so um, I don't think this is High's fault. We're not in tenth because of High. Um, you know, if we get out of tenth uh, and into playoffs, it's not like High was. You know, it was High's fault. He was holding them back, and now everything's fine. We're we're doing a bunch of things to try to improve the the fortunes of the team going forward. Um, you know, and uh, and if I didn't, I know I didn't make that clear in the blister review. I haven't been making that clear um, before now tonight. Let me just say that very explicitly. Jedi Mice, uh, thank you so much for calling on the show. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Have a good one. Thank you. All right, we're moving on to the next caller, but I do... Uh, Very polite uh, caller so far. Yeah. Kulas33, reset for three months and says, Omen by HP, Ateo, Golden Guardians merch store, Hotline League merch, do it, Travis. <laughs> Just plugging everything. Raging Pianist uh, subbed. It's a person who plays a piano. Lengthy Zemet uh, subbed. Purple Reich subbed. Uh, or par- purple R E Q Reku Shu the Mighty subbed Asmodai five ten resub for three months Korean vibes resub for two months and says I think Travis is daddy I don't really have a response to that I am the fourth Hokage resub for two months Sabix subbed Wrath of Khan gifted the sub to Jacob Wolf we already shouted him out for that Impor Emilio has subbed so many subs tonight thank you guys really appreciate it. Can I pull a question out of Twitch chat that sure. Froskirin was saying, but other yeah. people? So, yeah. um, you know, I, th- I I don't know if this, I you know, we are explicitly setting playoffs as a goal for this split um, in a way that we didn't for Spring Split. I went into Spring Split in interviews to talk very modestly about, you know, sort of our longer timeline and other things. Playoffs is a goal for this split. Uh, you know, we're kind of, I'm kind of hard setting that as a clear expectation for the team because i think we have the talent to do it and having learned a lot about our guys and sort of adjusted our system and made you know kind of a robust set of changes um we think that's we think that's you know realistic so we're we're kind of setting that as a goal um you know i think i think people are are nervous that maybe it never matters how well we do or you know we have some timeline that it's possibly long um you know i think i think summer split we're aiming for playoffs whether we get there or not i don't know you know like uh that's that's a goal where we're early in but the, but you know that is explicitly the goal for summer split. emily uh, summer split. Summer is, here emily's on the show uh emily where are you calling from los angeles california hey emily Los Angeles, California. Uh, Emily, what do you want to talk about on the show today? A lot of familiar faces tonight. Yeah, yes. I don't know why you drew such a crowd out of like the 
the professionals. Yeah. Can we do conflict of interest? Emily and I know each other reasonably well, and we used to work together at, uh, at Yahoo Esports. But I did not know she was coming on the show, and I did not give you a question to ask, did I? No, I actually just... Um, <laughs> Hashtag so, by Hunter. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've followed Mickey's career since he started in China, uh, rumored to have mistakenly been picked up as a jungler because he spammed Lisa in mid, and they quickly realized that he was not a jungler, but he's a very mechanically gifted player, obviously. And he was on Anarchy, he was on the Freaks incredibly volatile player mm. so i guess i have a few questions about why you chose him specifically but the first one is um uh one of the issues with high i know a lot of people bring up his cs numbers his control over mid lane if you're looking for someone to be able to control that midpoint of the map why mickey because he is really type of player in my opinion you kind of cut out really what type of player he is not that type of player like Uh, he's not going to be the person who sits in mid and wave clears he can be a very volatile player um he often goes for some really risky outplays which either end up looking really awesome or really terrible um so i'm not like coming on here to poop on him or anything but i'm just wondering like what you were looking for from him as a player first of all and and just to chime into having casted him like i, I knew his his career and his story of, of like you know quote unquote coin flip mickey mickey or like the dice rolling thing and then like when i casted a full season of challenger and watched him like all the time it was like oh my god this dude is like just the most balls to the wall player like he thinks azir is like Sandra levels of like play. Like he just thinks he has to be in the back line. It was, it was crazy. So just okay. to, to add a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, that, yeah, that, uh, that didn't seem like the end of the sentence. Um, yeah. Like, I think that's, I think that's fair. So uh, among other things, like we did a ton of scouting, um, you know, when we were kind of thinking about possibilities and we liked a lot of what we saw in Mickey, I think um, he's a unicorn in that there are not a lot of um, available LCS ready mid laners who can kind of step right in and play. Um, especially, you know, we're fortunate that he's available like halfway through the year when, when most of those guys, you know, kind of have a job at the LCS or, some other equivalent, you know, tier at, in another region. And so, um, you know, I, I think that, I think that was, um, you know, I, I think Mickey is an, is an incredibly strong laner. You're right that there's like a risky thing, but I also think like in doing scouting and talking, talking to players and working with Juan on, you know, kind of leveraging his experience um, and watching VODs and having him kind of participate in that process. Like uh, we thought that they would have a lot of chemistry and natural synergy in the way that they play together. And that kind of jungle mid synergy is increasingly um, important. And so some of what you see in the way Mickey plays, I think is also some of what you see in the way uh, wand plays and so if they're able to kind of put that together which which we feel you know optimistic that they will i think you suddenly have this really kind of aggressive volatile um unexpectedly uh you know strong duo um that can that can work together as necessary um i also think like mickey is still 20 and has a ton of his career in front of him and has a long way that that he can go in his game and i think one of the things that we hope to do um you know is not necessarily change mickey's nature i think there's a way in which every player sort of is what is what 
what the is, but use that and sort of put that um, risk taking within a broader framework of the team strategically and make sure to pair him, you know, with kind of a, a no or more cautious voice than Matt and really empower Matt um, to try to be a balance both in what, ter- you know, in terms of um, uh, the overall team strategy, but also sort of mid and later game when they're when they're not necessarily isolated within their lane. So I think it's a totally fair question. It's definitely one that we debated as we were kind of looking at all of our options uh, that were available for mid lane, um, you know, uh, and and one that I think we we feel confident that we have both the personnel in place and a broader system solutions to make sure that we're getting the best out of Mickey possible. So Twitch, and, uh, Twitch chat is a spamming. Why not get DeMonte? Yeah. So I can't talk about players that are under contract with other teams. Um, so... Um, I'm just not going to be able to answer questions about um, players that are on other teams one way or the other. That's just uh, an unfortunate restriction of, of, you know, tampering and poaching rules. So I don't know if this is something you can answer is maybe some of the difficulties of looking for players uh, in between splits versus at the end of a season. So the difference between spring and summer versus summer to spring. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a great question. So I think one thing, and we're already seeing this in my opinion, although I I, I think maybe the lack of announcements to date isn't confirmation that there will be no announcements um, ongoing. Uh, Previously, between splits, there was a decent amount of turnover because you had, you know, one and a half or so teams being relegated. So that's teams dropping out, two new teams coming in, looking to make changes. So there was sort of top teams could pull up from that pool of kind of flux Some new teams had to sort of shore things up, um, you know, with longer contracts being enabled by franchising um, and academy teams having a very different focus than challenger teams before rosters in general, I think are more stable um, than they were even in previous years between splits and between splits being even less, um, you know, less of a volatile, volatile time or less of a free pool of players um, than at the end of the year. So I think everybody, you know, teams that um, all 10 teams, um, you know, didn't have infinite options when they were trying to remake their team or sort of thinking about what was going on. Um, you know, again, I can't comment around what conversations we did or didn't have or what that did or didn't suggest were our possibilities. Um, but uh, but there's definitely not like it was before this year started where there was, you know, 43 of the 50 LCS positions in this whole kind of academy change, obviously like a really different space. Emily, additional thoughts? So um, I guess the thing I can totally see why uh, you'd look at contracts and you look at Mickey and you'd be like, okay, you know, if we set up some really awesome dive compositions, this could be, you know, just insane. I guess my counter to that would be that I do think that a jungler like contracts who does like to invade very aggressively uh, benefits strongly from having a mid laner that he can communicate with well and also can really have a strong control over the mid push. Um, but transitioning to that, I guess what I also wanted to talk about was communication bringing on a South Korean player uh, into your organization, just because um, not only is Mickey just a, a volatile player on the rift, but I know this past offseason, he did express uh, some kind of homesickness and the fact that he really wanted to go back and, and visit South Korea and he missed a lot of his friends and stuff like that. And I think the best I've ever seen him play was definitely when he was on that freaks lineup. Um, and again, it was, there were a lot of loud voices on that team, uh, but they made it work and they had uh, a coach and coach Kong who came on. That was, you know, this historic kind of Korean coach um, and them from kind of a group of friends and streamers where Mickey would either carry or the team would lose into like a legitimate team. And that's when I feel like you performed the best. So I'm wondering how you're going to address that communication aspect 
because I certainly ha- uh, did not see him play that well in China and definitely did not see him play that well in North America on Team Liquid. Yeah, so I guess it's threefold. One, um, you know, we got comms of Mickey in game, um, you know, to kind of get a sense of of what he's like, um, you know, in terms of the game. And so I think um, we're pretty reassured that uh, that within the flow of the game, while obviously it's not the exact same thing, um, you know, his communication skills are actually pretty good. And I think people are underestimating um, his English within the kind of League of Legends framework um, Two, uh, you know, we are I think I mentioned this earlier, we're actively looking for um, some more kind of Korean support in general. Um, it's something that Steve and uh, Tim from TL said that we should definitely do when we were talking to them about how, you know, what made uh, Mickey successful there? How can we set him up for success here when he gets here? Um, you know, they really recommended, like, they kind of mentioned some of the same things. We were sort of aware of them, but mentioned some of the same things. Talked about what, you know, kind of lessons they had learned from having him on TL and what we should apply. And so we're going to apply some of those in terms of both like actual literal Korean facility, but also in terms of the kind of house and team environment that leads to, to him to being successful. So we're sort of a, a aware of those challenges kind of explicitly and have taken um, some some steps already and have a couple more that we're going to take before he gets here um, to try to get through that. So, um, you know, Matthew definitely is in Korea already. He he wanted to go over there and train between splits. He's been talking to Mickey and working on building kind of some of the friendship already, you know, even long distance. Hi and Mickey have been chatting a little. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, contracts and Mickey have been chatting a little um, to try to get them, you know, get those relationships building. I think it's something that we know that we're going to uh, to need to deliver on if this if he's going to be successful and our team is going to be successful. And so we, we've sort of ex- we've started down that road, I think, relatively aggressively, given that he's happy. Uh, kind of a not necessarily a direct follow up, but what's your like overall opinion on getting another Korean import player? Because this is now your, you know, f- for the brief history of the org, the first import that you guys have gone for, like, is this something that you guys are more open to? Because it is, I think in a lot of people's mind, a less development focused approach, even though, like you said, Mickey is young, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think, I think you could, a couple things. So we were never going to be all NA necessarily forever. Right. And so there was, you know, and I, Travis and I, I think talked about this in what, in my initial interview, right. Like before, the split even started that that uh, you know that that we didn't necessarily want um, to to sort of create this impression that there would never be an import ever. I think importing can be strategically makes sense as it as it does for us right now. So whether you need two or not, I don't I don't know. I think teams there's a lot of different models for for kind of finding success there. Um, I don't know that this makes it easier. It probably does from a kind of synergy standpoint. How much more likely it does, I don't know. You know, we we have one for now. Maybe maybe there'll be two next split. Maybe there'll be zero next split i think i think you know in some ways next split is a long is a long way away um but uh but i i I definitely think it's possible i think more than anything right like we want to to make sure that every player that we bring in is set up for success because the success of the organizations come off the success of the individual players um and so you know if it makes sense um to bring in um you know a non-resident and and put them on the roster then i think we'll do that if we can set them up for success i think a developmented org right like the Warriors uh, at the basketball level, I think, are still very much a developmental org. They're playing for championships right now. They don't, you know, you can have a developmental mindset and still have a team that is competing at the highest level or doesn't necessarily have rookies on it at any time. Uh, Some of that development may shift, you know, more explicitly to the academy level when we get that far. Um, So I don't want to create the impression that, like,
like um, competing for championships or having imports to somehow add odds with having a development focus sort of top to bottom. I think those two can work hand in hand. You'll just sort of be moving around somewhere that developments happen. Anything else, Emily? Um, no, I mean, that was pretty much it. I just wanted to chat about Mickey for a minute and provide some context for people that just might not be familiar with his play style. Because again, like we're talking about a player who just within the NA scope, his first game on TL, if I remember correctly, he rotated bot lane to basically like kind of come down and gank bot lane for mid. And he went for a 1v1 trade under turret and I believe killed the other person, but also died himself. That was, I was like, that's a perfect introduction of Mickey to North America, to be quite honest. There's also, if you want like the most absurd, like level of aggression you will ever see on the Zier player, like watch his Academy game, this split against CLG Academy that they end up losing despite being up like 10 K gold at 20 minutes or something insane. Like, he, this dude is like, yeah, literally the most ag- aggressive player I think I, I've seen in a while. More aggressive than uh, Huni? It's like Huni who fucks up more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, before we well, go, you know. <laughs> before we go, I would love to get your anime pick of the week. Oh, good callback. I'm like super behind on everything. Um, the only thing I've been watching has been Steins Gate Zero. And I can't actually recommend that, that to people because you really do need to have seen the original season. So I guess I'll just recommend Steins Gate. Okay. But if, let's say hypothetically, I had watched the first one, how, how is it in comparison? Pleasantly surprised. I was not mm. expecting to come in because Steins Gate ended pretty know definitively finite well finitely yeah yeah. Yeah. and so i was like and i've never played the visual novels either so um i was like oh the show's good i don't really need more of it but the way they've done it is actually really good so i've been enjoying it okay thank you so much emily uh had a couple people that have been asking how to get on the show in fact somebody donated five dollars and said how much do i have to pay to get on there's no amount of money that you can pay to get on uh we we try to do that you can sub which somewhat increases your chances but to be honest like we have two hours for the whole show we do a little bit of an intro in the beginning people come on sometimes for five or ten minute long discussions so i I know that not everyone will always be able to get on um and i apologize for that but that's just sort of the, the way the show goes uh that that doesn't mean that you're awful or that we hate your question or something like that. It's just there's, we get, there are hundreds of people watching the show right now and probably a ton of them are, are asking questions. We just don't have time for Travis. For no one's going to check the VOD. So you can just lie next time and say thousands are watching the show. There are literally <laughs> a million people watching the show right now. Mark's discord keeps crashing because he's getting a hundred thousand questions a second. Uh, yeah. I mean, our, our discord that we're hosting him soon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Izento is on the show. Izento, where are you calling from? What's up? Uh, sunny Los Angeles. Los Angeles. And what uh, do you want to talk about on the show soon, uh, tonight? Well, um, I've noticed a lot of talk between Mickey and High and uh, replacing High. And I think the community sentiment is that there won't be a person to lead the team. And it's it's kind of like a, a trade of leadership versus mechanical prowess and someone who might not speak English to a great capacity. And the problem I think Golden Guardians is suffering through all of this is by not showing the personality of your players. 
And the doubt kind of settles in when looking at the rest of the roster and seeing that their personality types aren't exactly the first thing that comes to mind when thinking of leaders and the likes of contracts or Lorlo or Matt, uh, especially from the days of their uh, their team liquid stint with at least Lorlo and Matt. And this team kind of has some of the smallest name value. No offense, but um, they just don't seem like they have uh, the biggest branding. Um, and that may be in part because of Golden Guardians' lack of content. Now, if you look at their YouTube channel, it's like all full of small clips of big plays in specific games. But there's really no in-depth content to learn about the players. Now, I know it's difficult to create content when your team is losing so much, uh, but still, I mean, not, not yeah, to like put it as a burn. But when you <laughs> suck as much as you do, I can understand, no, I, Hunter, I, I, why there's no I, content. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Our, our content challenges are not related to our win record. Okay, so, I mean, why, why hasn't there been a focus towards letting us get to know these players and developing their brand as players? Great question. Um, and I'm glad you asked. So, um, so this definitely, uh, you know, something that we expected to bring online over the course of the spring split. Like we tried to hit the ground running and get sort of the, the, the necessities in, in place. Um, and we just didn't get to content as fast as we hoped. And so we had a position open, um, that we finally filled and, you know, our kind of first real content creator is coming on board Monday. Uh, no, two Mondays. Wait, what's Monday? And two Mondays from now, you know, as the guys get back from their kind of break. And so um, I expect that you'll see our content volume increase dramatically as we go into the summer. A lot of that being very sort of personality oriented or storytelling content in a way that we didn't have before. Um, so I think it's a totally, totally fair criticism. And some of what we see that I think you, you know, that I hope that you'll see, but also that makes us um, confident that uh, like Sam and Matt are really uh, ready to step into more leadership positions. And and Matthew, who like is very new to everybody and most people haven't seen, um, I think it's really positioned to be one of the strongest voices and strongest personalities on this team uh, is that that you wouldn't have a way to do it. Right. Like you could watch their streams and maybe get a feel for it. Um, but we haven't created that content that gives the, the community a chance to get to know them in the same way. And so that's something we're going to do a lot more this split and you know sort of going forward from here we just didn't get there i think as fast as we hoped and it's totally fair to say like i'm skeptical of this explanation given what you've shown me because you've shown me nothing yeah and well it's it's not so much that it's so late i mean it is to an extent but when you also look at how golden guardians have performed this split it's it's almost as if you've dug yourself a hole and that if you also fail this summer split and don't necessarily ramp up in content uh, to meet people's expectations, I don't see a way for you to get uh, more well-known players due to no extra incentive to join this organization. I mean, if you look at the other brands like cloud nine or TSM, they have massive branding. So if you, what about flight quest? Uh, have you actually looked at their YouTube channel, Travis? I mean, I just, it's just team snickers. Anyway, continue. Well, okay. So if, if you pay me as much as TSM, say, say I'm a, a star player. And if you pay me as much as TSM and you say, yeah, we'll, we'll match their, whatever they're offering you, we'll match that. I'm definitely going to TSM because they have a massive branding and it's better for my brand as a player. Sure. So in, in one sense, you're kind of digging yourself a hole that 
if you don't perform well this split, then suddenly you have to go all in on this rookie talent and you can't change your game plan because no one from, you know, the, the superstar category is going to want to join your team. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say I think that hole already existed, you know, before any of the new teams got into the space. Um, the endemic teams had a ton of advantages in that sense. And so, um, you know, I don't know that we've dug ourselves a bigger hole than maybe we had in the first place. But we certainly haven't dug ourselves out of or climbed out of uh, a hole. And maybe, maybe it is deeper in the end. So we got We have to make some content for sure. Um, and we have to win some games for sure. More more than we want. And, um, you know, I think I think that's definitely like a challenge that we're hoping to that we're looking to meet and taking steps to to meet and and that we're going to get you know kind of surpass or achieve or do challenges um over the course of this split okay yeah cool cool thanks for calling uh, what, what are you going to do what's your content Okay, so uh, I think I think the episodic, right, like the 20 minute episodic show that everybody does every week is great, but it's also uh, hard to get people to watch them if your team is not necessarily super successful. Like Optic had one. I don't know how many people know that um, because not a lot of people were watching Optic's content. Um, and so I think there's a little bit of a chicken and an egg problem um, with content in general, right? Like if you make stuff that nobody watches, it's not necessarily doing. If you don't have the wins or competitive success to kind of drive more interest in your team, um, that content isn't necessarily worth it. But if you don't have that content, um, like the caller was just saying, it's hard for people to get interested or tell these bigger stories. So, um, you know, so there's, there's a little bit of a chicken and an egg. But we're going to try to create, um, I, I would describe our team, and I don't know how different this is, um, as really a playful group. I think something that is true about esports content in general is that a lot of teams um, uh, try to justify esports or kind of um, uh, maybe not appeal to mainstream necessarily, but you could see it in Riot's content and something I talked about when I was there and in esports content in general that um, gaming is fun and maybe dismissed easily. And so you try to make your content seem serious or double down on the dramatic moments, whether that's, um, you know, sort of internal personality drama or just the competitive nature in general, I think we're going to move away from that. And so, you know, for example, one idea we were talking about in kind of our return to spring thing is, you know, bringing all the guys back up to the Bay Area, um, having a video about them, like coming to Oracle Arena, you know, and sort of coming back. And so maybe like someone's in a cab going across Golden Gate Bridge, you show the Golden Gate Bridge and someone's, you know, flying in or they're on a ferry across Whatever. And then we cut to, you know, Matt and uh, Matthew and they're on a tandem bicycle. Right. And so Matt's pedaling really hard because he's in sport and definitely is like finger gunning to girls on the side or maybe got water pistols or whatever. Right. And so and then you have like Sam and he's on a horse and he's like in a full cowboy gear and he's riding his horse across the bridge and then he's going to the. Right. And so I think, you know, we can we can find ways, I think, to stay with the lighter side, the fun side um, of gaming, of our guys kind of express their personality and maybe find a differentiate uh, differentiator between us and some of what the other teams are doing. And so it's a little silly. Right. Like it's it's not normal stuff. But I think I think it sort of speaks to um, a little bit of our personality as an org where I think we're a little playful and are the personality of our guys where I think they're a little playful um, and try to try to position ourselves a little bit differently. I don't know that you'll see um, the 20 minute behind the scenes video the way everybody else has done it. I think that's I think that's done. And I also think it's expensive um, if people aren't going to watch it. I think we're going to try to find different ways to show our personality um, and try to maybe put some guys in scenarios that they wouldn't normally 
you couldn't. Um, I think the ad carry meme that got started around definitely this sort of organic thing. I don't think we should be scared um, to be memeable that way. Uh, and, you know, I think I don't know if my guy, I, I don't know if Juan feels that way or Sam wants to ride a horse yet or whatever. Right. Like this is at the concept level. But I think ultimately, like if our org is kind of operating at all cylinders, we're going to take the kind of risk taking approach that we're willing to do and kind of risk tolerance that we do elsewhere and do it in terms of the content and the playfulness that we're. Well, just uh, well, just be careful, because that was kind of what happened with Cloud9 when they were making all their meme videos and everyone was just like, oh, you're not you're not actually taking this seriously. Yeah, Um, it's a fine line to walk. It's and I appreciate that. It's totally a fine line um, to walk in general. Um, And so, uh, you know, but I I don't think esports should be afraid to be fun. Um, You know, like it is fun. So we should have fun with it. So I'm going to pitch you on a, a great video. Oh boy! Definitely in Matt meet Deft and Mata. So I don't know if I don't ever, know how we make ooh. that happen. I don't know if they're ever going to come to North America anytime soon, but well, definitely's in Korea right now. Uh, you know, I like that. I'm going to note that, and uh, mm-hmm. if it happens, we'll give you a little like shout out in the YouTube description, Mark Z, for uh, for yeah. saying this would happen. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I really have no idea if Deft and Mata are aware of their NA counterparts. Um, that that would be fun, yeah, just in and of itself. Yeah, well, I don't know what that video would be though. Stage. Like you just film it, and it's like, look, they're in the same yeah. room. This is funny. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah I, was, I mean, like, it, le- it needs a little bit of workshopping, Travis. Yeah, a little, a little bit. More. Listen, you start with the broad strokes and, and you fill it in. Okay. Yeah. Watch some Bob Ross. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> the happy little trip. Mm-hmm. Happy little <laughs> finding a way to get all the equipment there to shoot that. All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, uh, Mr. Azento? Uh, no, you guys are doing a great job and, uh, I look forward to seeing golden guardians kind of, uh, bring up bless up in the summer split. So awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate you calling in. Great question. All right. Final one, final one. Uh, just really quickly. We've got, uh, Sabix who subbed, uh, wrath of, uh, I already got that Empor Emilio, who I believe was our first caller subbed Kyle zero eight Oh eight resubbed. Um, I'm only Ricky resubbed. Jesco5, he was the one that said, how much do I have to pay to get on? Uh, not Much more than five. I'm just kidding. We, we don't do, we don't take dollar. People don't pay to get on the show. Real Foxy gifted a sub to Kobe, <laughs> who's been watching. Not directly. Uh, yeah, like Travis was about to say, we don't take bribes. And he was like, well, I do take bribes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Real Foxy gifted a sub to League of Emily. So both Kobe and Emily now subs. Our last caller of the night is Jacob. Jacob, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Hartford, Connecticut. Hartford, Connecticut. I'm sorry to hear um, that that's for for another going. month, and then Brooklyn, New York. So okay. oh, that's a month. That's an upgrade. That's a big upgrade. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm quite excited. Good for you. Good for uh, you. What What do you want to talk about on the show today besides the article that you probably want to plug? No, I don't want to plug plug the article. I mean, I like. Thank you, uh, Hunter, for mentioning it earlier. I was really happy with the conversation, especially when I had. But I, I more so want to talk about staff. Um, I kind of want to preface this by saying, like, I'm a big fan of the ownership of the Golden State Warriors. Um, I I know the Lakeups and I know Peter Goober uh, pretty well. I think they're pretty swell people, and I think they do a really good job, particularly on the basketball side of things. Um, but I did want to ask, right? So this is this is an application process that took about six to eight months to get done. 
And obviously part of the, the application you put together for those unfamiliar was staff and who your plans for both your team and your brand. Um, so all this is a big discussion, right? Um, so my question to you is Hunter, three of your staff are former Riot Games people, uh, Dagon, Spelzy, and yourself, right? And obviously there was probably a suggestion that, that there were people out there looking for jobs like yourself that could join this organization and help them. But none of you have ever worked in team management before. What makes you qualified to, to operate a team and you know put together this team and run it? Um, uh, I mean, I guess you'd have to ask the people that hired me. I mean, I, I must've done a decent job in the interview. I, I look, I don't think Degon or Spelzy came up in the application at all. And I wasn't like, uh, I wasn't with the warriors at the time. So I think, I think you could sort of separate the right, like the application part from the final hiring process. I don't, I don't think those are really related in any way. Um, so, uh, but you know, I think, um, I do more than just operate the League of Legends team in terms of like picking players and stuff. Um, there are not a lot of esports businesses that have been run out there. And so having done, you know, two stints on the media side, worked at a developer, I've seen the industry from a number of different angles. I've done sales work, business development, tournament operation, like tournament development, developer relations. Um, I've done, you know, kind of player relations work at, when I was at Riot and other things, content creation. And so, you know, my resume is like, and I don't, I, I can't tell if this is a gotcha question. On my register, they're like relatively robust in terms of covering a lot of different aspects of the industry. In addition to that, right, like I was already in the Bay Area. So, you know, it was easy for me to be, you know, right in the backyard of the Warriors and work closely with them. Um, uh, you know, I have a bunch of contacts up here in the tech sector that are relevant both, you know, now and kind of going forward as things expand, you know, Warriors are opening this new stadium. So, um, you know, my job is yes, like we have the League of Legends team. We also have a 2K team that just started. We're going to be another games after that and um you know in the long run right like uh, while i'm like super detailed involved in the creation of this roster and things we're gonna hire a you know more something that looks a lot more like a traditional sports gm um to take over all of this mark you're looking for a gig let me know um you know we're gonna you know we're gonna look for somebody who like bob myers does um for the Warriors is going to own the competitive side kind of top to bottom. One, because you're absolutely right, like not my expertise. I haven't run a team and I'm definitely like, you know, I was plat however many years ago and play a lot of League of Legends, but, it, you know, I'm not I'm not nearly that kind of player. Um, you know, we're going to need to find additional expertise. We just want to make sure that we're hiring the right person and we're going to take our time to make sure that that we get that person. Um, and I don't think we've seen a lot of what looks like a traditional sports um, GM within esports historically. So that wasn't something we were going to get out of the, out of the gate. Um, and I think one thing that Loco brought to the table um, uh, that we don't have anymore, obviously, is like a lot of experience in a lot of those aspects um, and contacts around the world and, you know, real kind of talent evaluation shops and scouting and other things. Um, so, you know, Fapton Falco, great name. You can like look up my account on op.gg and see that I was plat. Um, you know, you can just, it's GGS Hunter. Uh, go look at it right now. It's right there. So, um, you know, I, I think what I bring to the table is a bunch of skills um, that are that are not necessarily like directly related to the team management, the, the side of it that people see, but are related to the much broader um, aspects of running like a team business um, and making that successful both now, but also, you know, sort of set up for the way we all hope that the industry grows over time. My rebuttal to that, Hunter, would be that a lot of the people that 100 Thieves hired actually have no experience in League of Legends whatsoever. And many of them are some of the smartest people I've ever met, I think, from like John Robinson, who worked on the Bessemer TSM deal, which we all basically know about at this point, 
and to a lot a lot of the other people like Blake Robbins. Like these are these are people that have not worked in League of Legends, but they almost came in first in, in the entire split, right? Like they were a phenomenal team. What do you think it's which I, I, I okay. I'll I'll hop in as a third party here. Like as someone who who like was somewhat a part of that, I brought up a couple times. Like I, I met with those guys even before they were franchised. Like I mean, they they did one of the things that they've talked about time and time again was like they got Prawley. And like <laughs> he fundamentally built that roster. And like they did the right thing in hiring people, but I don't think it at least from my understanding of, of how they talk about it, it's not fair to say that hundred thieves outside people built that successful legend team. The way they talk about it is like, yeah, we got probably early on and he picked out the players he wanted and we helped go get them. Yeah. I mean, you our golden guardians had loco. So it, it's yeah, to me like, yeah, I mean, it's another experienced coach who's been on top level teams before has worked with a bunch of different players. So I, I think like, I think both teams were kind of, started fresh right like even clutch gaming like sebastian park doesn't come from league of legends and the, the, even their staff you know like if you look at d limb he, he worked on a liquid team that wasn't so great either and obviously they came in fourth so uh, i'm just curious like uh hunter what what types of changes you think you need to make aside from players to make this work out <laughs> i mean like the, i i don't know if you've been watching we've talked a lot about a lot of changes that we've made um i'm, I'm not really sure what you're what you're looking for exactly um you know i think like all credit to 100 thieves and clutch they had great splits and i'm i'm really happy for them and um you know obviously like uh you know we we hope to be as successful you know soon um and and i i i guess i'm not I feel like you have some other question that you're not asking or there's some answer you want me to say, or I, I'm, I'm not really sure where, where you're going here exactly, but like, um, hundred thieves did a great job. Good, good for them. Um, you know, clutch did a great job, like good, good for them. Their success doesn't somehow invalidate our struggles or vice versa. Our struggles don't some, uh, I'm not, I, I guess I'm not really sure. I'm not sure what you want from me here. Yeah, I mean, I, the big thing to me, and I'll just say this, I, it's not really a question. I feel like League of Legends yeah, often, um, I feel like League of Legends often recycles people within in the community. I mean, I've been in League of Legends as a professional for four years, and I certainly don't think that I would be able to run a team, despite me having a pretty good look on insight on the business and also in terms of players and being able to deal with these people a lot uh, regularly. Um, but I mean, I, I think it's worth, I guess to me, uh, I think it's worth... Uh, I think it's just worth like looking, looking to change things up because I mean, obviously, it worked for two other teams that were kind of green and came into this new. Okay. Jacob, just like we are, I'm not. I, I guess I'm just not sure if you. I, I I just really don't know is what what you want me to say. Like we made a we made a bunch of changes. Um, like we're committed to making more. I, I'm, I guess I'm just not sure what you want here. Mike, Mike I have another question too. Like, well, what about Optic? Because they both were pretty new as well as quote unquote, like recycled talent. I want, what are your thoughts on Optic, Jacob? I mean, I think Optic, Optic's really interesting, right? Because they, they actually had a lot of uh, different rosters that I remember that they actually didn't go through with. Uh, they ended <laughs> up with the one that they did. <laughs> they, they were intriguing in the offseason. Um, uh, but I no, I, I totally think that they have some put on their blame, right? Like, I, I was very doubtful this Abateen hire when I heard it, and because he didn't have experience coaching a League of Legends team, it was a caster. So, I, I, like, I was doubtful of that as well. I, I think that Optic definitely deserves 
deserve some blame on the management side as well. All right. Any, anything else, yeah. Jacob? No, that's it. Okay. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on the show. Yeah. I lagged out. I'm not sure uh, what he said at the end. No, he just said thanks He's for having me on the show. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird send off. Yeah, it was a weird send off. Look, I, I, I mean, I guess like more broadly, right? Like, um, uh, this is a whole venture that the Warriors started that starts like most prominently with the League of Legends team, but is a bunch of other things. Um, and my job is not just to do this, but do a bunch of things. And I, I guess I'm just not sure. Uh, you know, um, yeah, we we didn't start out as well as uh, Hundred Thieves did. Um, I don't. I'm, Jacob's not breaking news. That's not a wolf bomb there that we finished in tenth and Hundred Thieves <laughs> finished in second or whatever. Like he may. I guess he doesn't. You know, he doesn't respect the way i ran the team or whatever but um just just to be clear there's like some people in in twitch chat who are like travis you probably should have like stepped in there or or whatever like it's an interesting situation with this episode because i like i i i can't be seen as the guy like defending hunter we used to work together so uh that's just kind of uh i agree it was kind of an awkward situation but that's kind of the way yeah i mean i i tried to to, to play devil's advocate a little bit because I do think it's weird to, to single out the Oregon tent and just kind of say like you fucked up. And like, I'm sure Hunter knows the ways uh, as the one in the middle that they fucked up a lot. And I don't know. It just seemed, seemed weird. I'm sure there were a lot of bad decisions along the way that like all the teams that finished low down made and that they would take back. That's why I brought up optic. It's like they, they had some internal people, but they also had a lot of external people that didn't like, they didn't do well. I don't know. It was, it was yeah, weird. I mean, I think um, I, I know we're trying to put a button on this, and I'm sure my wife's ready for me to not be doing this anymore. But um, uh, I uh, like this is we're one split into what I think we all hope is like many, many, many years of uh, of League of Legends, and uh, and you know, like yes, that we did not start out with as as good a split as they have, but we're confident that like we're we're taking a long term approach to this development oriented, and we're gonna we're gonna you know do a lot of great things. Uh, the split and, and beyond so yeah hold on one second or you guys talk about yourselves okay um we're we're wrapping up the show here i i'm gonna stick around on stream right after this and kind of give my thoughts because this was like a i'll do it i'll do it off the show because uh it's kind of a weird situation that i was much quieter yeah. than normal but um i don't know we can uh we can wind things down mark anything that you want to say to anybody out there nope come back tomorrow night everybody where we parth Parth on the yeah. show. Yeah, Parth's awesome. I hope you guys have great questions for him. Parth, Parth will be on. so hesitant to do this, and the only reason he's coming on is because he's so bored. I had lunch with him this week, <laughs> and he, he's like in my boat where he's like, "Yeah, I just I don't have anything to do because it's it's TSM's first real off season. They finally fucking lost early in playoffs and don't have anything to do, and now yeah. he's feeling the pain every team feels. Yeah, it's a long break. Our last game of uh spring split was like march 19th our first game of summer split is june 16th it's <laughs> so long and you know that's new like it's even longer but tsm made it one week further than us right so they have like almost three months um great questions for parth about what what an off season feels like and you know theirs is going to be like i assume very different from ours given the way their roster was constructed and you know the sort of confidence and steadiness of that hand and everything else so tomorrow night should be really good uh, thank you so much, Hunter, for coming on the show. Uh, anything Absolutely. that you want to say here at the end? 
No, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, we may probably have a bunch of different viewers. Um, I'm here in part to kind of reinforce that um, that the interview with Blitz like got out of hand. I said some inappropriate things to which I apologize to Hi and I apologize to to my team and you know here to kind of apologize to fans in the community. Like that was completely inappropriate and it, you know it's part of what I want to do here is talk about the changes, but also you know really say that kind of explicitly so that people hear it hear it from me. Um, and you know we we wish Hi like absolutely nothing but the best. Um, he's an amazing person. I loved being around him. He was, you know, infectious in the organization and, and um, you know, and we're, I'm, I'm going to miss him, miss him around the house. So um, High's going to be a great content creator or anything else that he puts his mind to. Um, and again, nothing but the best. And I appreciate um, the format here for a chance to say that and take some great questions. Take some whatever that was from Jacob Wolf and uh, and have a good time. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, we will I'll stick around after the show. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Parth. So please come back in uh, 22 hours for that episode. This has been Hotline League episode 24.